Welcome back to the movement, everybody. We got a very special guest, one of an honored brother, actually. Thank you. Thank he you, uh, thank you. just reverted over to Islam. It's going to be a wonderful journey that we're going to talk about. Three years. What he's now. doing now, right? It's going to be something special. I got uh, Malik Al Gamal. We got our uh, co host. Yes, sir. David Diabetes. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Brother. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that name. Nah. Well, Egyptian, you just came back from Egypt and you're saying yeah. your wife's Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. We got married just actually going on one year right now. That's amazing. We met at the mosque and got married actually within a month of meeting each other. I really want to know that journey because yeah, obviously for, I don't, if, if nobody knows, a Muslim woman has to marry a Muslim man. It can't be the yeah, other yeah. way around. Yeah. Well, I've been Muslim for three years. Alhamdulillah. Oh, okay, so, so well before you met her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amazing. I was already two years before I met her. Then I met her, and then it just, you know, helped skyrocket the, you know, the whole religion, putting the pieces together, getting your other half of your, you know, your religion together. It made the, the whole world of difference. What was that journey like, man? How much hate? Let's start off with how much hate you got first. When I first came to Islam? Yeah. So actually, subhanAllah, it wasn't, I actually didn't get too much hate, you know? The only thing, uh, I think it was mainly just shock, you know? Like, before I was Muslim, obviously... I was actually Christian, right? So I was raised in a Christian household. I was doing my thing, you know. I was mainly spiritual, not following, you know, any book of rules so much as, you know, just the Ten Commandments and, you know, just the basic things. She's the only Ten Commandments I know are biggies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal over there. But uh, aside from that, it wasn't really, you know, as strict and as, you know, concrete what I was doing, you know, what was going on when it was happening. But the main change for me happened when I actually moved out of my family's house, right? And then I got my own place. I was doing my own thing. And I had time to actually just sit with my own mind and think about things, right? For me, the main thing that stuck out, I was just thinking about, you know, if we're born into a religion, what if you're born in the wrong one? You know, you hear about all these other religions going on, atheism. Where on did that rise. thought spring from, though? It's a very interesting thought to just... And by the way, yeah, to yeah. all mothers... Don't let your sons out of the house until they get married yeah, because you might lose them to Islam, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but where did, where did that thought spring onto, man? Like, how did you came, just think of that? I don't know where it just comes up to. So it actually came from a, a couple of tragedies that happened to me. So I had some close friends that passed away, one from some... suicide, one from uh, there was a shooting that happened in my neighborhood. He was on my football team for a couple of years. He was actually shot. They weren't aiming for him or anything, but... You know, you know how Straight it goes well, with, yeah. the, with the crossfire and everything. So it's terrible. it was mainly those kind of things that just got me to think about, you know, what are we doing? You know, we're trying to do good, but what is our, you know, our guidelines for what good is in the first place, yeah. right? So everyone's always talking about, you know, my truth, your truth. They can't be two truths to me. You know, I need to know what is the real truth and stick to that. Because for me, as soon as I know that truth, it's simple. You know, I know what to do, what not to do. And staying within those confines is what gives me that, you know, that discipline and that, uh, that grounding in my life. So that's essentially what got my, my thinking. So right? that was from the tragedies. Yes, exactly. So I just got thinking, uh, you know, what, what am I doing? What's going on in life here? And uh, the main thing, again, like I said, is just thinking about like, okay, what if I'm not in the right religion right now? You know, like, am I going to just succumb to, you know, the pressures of, okay, you know, your family's in it, so you have to stay in it. Were they Muslims, the friends that passed away? No, not even. Well, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Not even. Yeah. The, the neighborhood I actually grew up with, uh, subhanAllah, now that I think about it, I always say, and my wife always says that, you know, Allah was protecting me along the way, right? Oh, where, what neighborhood is this? I lived in LT, downtown. Uh, oh my God, Lower <laughs> Town. <laughs> Lower Town. I know some of the goonies there, man, you know? 
Yeah, there's some auction going yeah, on yeah, down yeah, there. That's yeah. for them, sure. I think I don't know what's going on nowadays. When I was there, it was it was chilled, and then it became a very nice bakery bad. though. That was that Portuguese bakery yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. fire man. Very good, very ah, good. Stuff. I was a I was a local. I used to yeah, visit yeah. pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure. No. laughs> I needed that Portuguese buns, bro. You know what I mean? Like, gotta, bro. Like, even if you got to go into the, into the slums, you got to do what you got to do. I don't know about bro. all that, bro. You but gotta, right now, we'll stick to the Portuguese <laughs> buns. That's the sell. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But, so uh, those guys were from LT? Uh, yeah, yeah. Both. Well, actually, one of them was from, but the other one was just from high school. Mm. Just a friend uh, who took his own life was, was the one from high school. Rito? Uh, no, I went to Maculata. So it was a Catholic school, too. So, you know, like. I hated your football team, bro. Actually? Yeah. We lost one year. I was pretty pissed. Well, when I was there playing, there was these two guys. We were, we were, they were, they were they, I okay. think they ended up playing in the Red Blacks, bro. They ended, bro. That guy popped me so hard. I couldn't Actually, believe it. I couldn't believe it, man. I'm like, yo, wow. What position Another you guy, play? I was a linebacker, man. Oh, and he was a running back. Okay, so I'm okay, coming okay. to nail yeah, him. Yeah. I nailed him, but I'm like, wow, he still hit me pretty damn good. <laughs> well, Maculata actually has like a legit football field, right? No, now they, they do. No, they're very good, man. That yeah, team yeah. out that year was very good. Sorry, man. No, now they do. They got the turf set up mm. and everything now. I, I got think. some hate for they them, got, bro. We yeah, lost yeah. at the semifinals. I'm cheese, bro. We never got past it. A long time it. ago, bro. It was a long okay, time ago. Yeah. I only played linebacker once ever in my career. I remember the someone got someone got injured, so they put me in. I was a halfback, a mm. defensive back. So they put me there like, yo, you're big. You can go in at linebacker. Didn't know what I was doing. The old lineman came from the second row, came, picked me up, drove me to the sideline, dropped me off. No. I said, don't ever put me there again. No. I said, don't ever put me there again. That's right. Boom. Yeah, yeah. You know, what are you me, doing, you know? I said, never again. That's and, crazy. And they never put me That's again. That's crazy, but, man. But it was still, you What know. a tangent. We were talking about his boys. Uh, let's go mm -hmm. back to the boys that passed away. So yeah, you're yeah, thinking to yourself, sorry, man. No, you know, no, no. <laughs> tell me LT, bro. I might start ringing up you know, like a light bulb. Yeah, 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 of course. Those buns. <laughs> yeah, man, those buns. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, man. So they passed away. Yeah, there, yeah. It wasn't even a Muslim influence. Then you just started thinking to yourself. So what, how did the research go for you? So for me, Christianity and Islam yeah. are pretty different, you know? They're pretty different. But the main core fundamental ideas, aside from obviously, you know, the, the biggest Jesus thing? thing, the biggest one. Uh. They're mainly teaching the same thing, right? So the thing for me is that once I saw the, the sort of correlation, I wanted to explore that further, right? So to me, there's a timeline always, right? Yeah. There's always a sequence of events that happens. And once you learn about Islam, how it's sort of like, you know, the bow at the end of the story, right? Like it's sealed, it's finished. This is how it is. It's up to you to now follow it. That's sort of what I, what got me thinking. I was like, okay, you know, it makes sense. There's a lot of uh, open-ended things, uh, especially in, in Christianity and in the Christian community, where it's like, you know, once you start talking about certain things, they tell you that you just got to believe it. You know what I mean? And obviously in Islam, there there's a couple of those things where you believe, but there's also very clear evidences of why, you know, who said it, when they were said, why it was said, and how it's beneficial for you. You know, it's nothing about like, your aqidah, right? Your your That's firm right. beliefs inside of you. None of none of those can really be questioned, right? So for me, once I started researching about Islam, because obviously for me, I already knew that uh, God was one. So just off the bat, you know, it got rid of uh, most of the 100%. other all the other religions <laughs> except you know the big three. So Islam was the other one that that I started researching mainly because in LT there was so many Muslims. Right, so we gotta get out of the hood, boys. Listen, guys, we'll make, we got a bad look for ourselves. No, no, that's the crazy <laughs> thing. No, no, actually, that's work the thing. hard, man. You know what I mean? It was actually, it was actually crazy because 
Like don't I listen said, to Chico and Rico and all these. No, guys, no, no. You know actually, I mean? go work it, hard, go to school. You know, it was actually a cool thing because now after you know I'm on the other side and my wife is saying that I was very protected. When I'm thinking of all the things that happened, Allah actually did protect me and He protecting my heart with Islam, right? So I saw all the things people were doing, but I never made that connection. Right. You know how a lot of people they they have a trouble differentiating between the religion and the people that are practicing. For me, I actually did not have a problem with that. I knew that. People will always have the guidelines, but it's up to each individual person and how they implement that, right? Good so point. I actually did not have any problem with thinking, you know, having any idea of what Muslims were before I actually started researching it. So I didn't have to go through, you know, all of those prejudices or anything that was, you know, in the background. Even I was in the military for like six years, I think, before I released. And None wow, of that LT to the military. Hey, you weren't yeah. wearing the Gucci satchel <laughs> and the sliders and the chains. Different life. He wasn't wearing the Arab fuckboy pack. You that, know what I mean? Never, never. But I think, you know, I can I can accredit this to to mainly my household, right? So my household was actually one of the few that were actually secure. My mom and my dad, alhamdulillah, were both with me. They were both strong role models. They were both there, able to give me that, you know, that secure foundation at home. Where are you from? My parents are from Haiti. Haiti, okay. Yeah. I was born here, Brilliant. so... You got no accent, you got... Uh, oh, it's okay, man, it's you okay. Know? <laughs> you know, when you're hanging out with the family, you'll throw it in, you know? <laughs> It'll come out sometimes, once in a while. It. You'll go back and you'll just blend right in, you know? Well, I hope so. We'll, we'll you know, see what it's happens. funny, I never knew, how, I never understood how much Jamaicans, I remember that we had worked with these two guys, one yeah, was Jamaican, yeah. one was Asian. Yeah, yeah. And they just kept talking shit to him. He's like, it's okay, you're from the garbage of the Caribbean, you know? Yeah. And then they got into a fight, bro. Like, they don't like fight. each other. I'm like, yeah, I didn't understand the beef. I, I, I and I'm like, yeah, you guys do a lot of business they, together. They don't like on? each other. I don't There's know. There's two guys beefing too about which country is more dangerous. Like, one's like, yo, Jamaica is crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. so like, wild that someone wants to. It's always, yeah. And yeah. that's the initiative but, you're trying but to push. Haiti's me. wild. Like, Haiti's actually. Right now, especially, yeah. It's, it's actually not. nuts. Did he, did he just murk their president? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. came in, just went to his house and bought his whole family. That's wild. All of them, yeah, yeah. That's wild. It's actually insane. And was he a good guy though? What's what's attached to uh, Haiti, Puerto Rico? No, the DR. DR's right attached to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's wild, bro. Yeah. But was the president a good guy? I think there's always there's a lot of corruption in Haiti, mm-hmm. especially with, like the funding that all they over get. the world. Let's be honest, man. Of Politics course, across the globe yeah. is corrupt. But there's like a lot of money that dude get for like the uh, earthquakes that would happen and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and then nothing would go to the people. Was that what it was? Yeah. So like people were like dead broke had nothing yeah, yeah. resort to violence while millions i think billions in funding were coming probably for so. the earthquakes so. so both parents are from haiti by the way yeah yeah, yeah. okay so you had a strong exactly home. you had a strong, strong father home. figure i always say that man yeah Very that that 100 made you know night and day difference for me because i saw you know people that i went to school since kindergarten up to high school went the complete opposite direction you know Brilliant. what i mean and it's just also how you're going to deal with it right like obviously i've seen some things just being in the area but That's it's your mindset, right? It's like how you deal with that. How do you let it affect you? Do you, you know, play the victim mentality? Do you just let it, you know, act as an excuse why you can't, you know, rise up above it and be better? Or do you just let it hinder your abilities? What was your dad doing at the time? Out of curiosity. What was he doing? Like in terms of work? Uh, he worked at Bell. He was one of, I think, like a cybersecurity some guy, something was like that. Was he home pretty often? yeah, yeah. I was finding it was an interesting dynamic. A lot of the guys from the hood, their dad worked, you know, pizza delivery, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not talking shit about pizza delivery. No, 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 no it's like usually that. when you're in the projects, it's like a I'm under the table, working those twelve the hours, cash, sixteen hours. You know yeah. what I mean? I always found the ones that used to uh, might sound like a prejudice, but I'm not trying to be prejudicial. Seeing a lot of them, the ones that used to work under the table, cash yeah. and hustle welfare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
always had kids that grew up corrupt. You know what I mean? Because oh you're literally God. teaching them that, yeah, of course, from a young age, it's okay see to what rob and steal and and yeah. whatever. So Bro, I, see there's still people doing. like that today, man. There's people like Every day. man. There's there's a guy who's my age who uh, like a couple years ago was like talking to us. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna do serb or just get paid. You know that that whole serb thing. Yeah. That whole income and then mm-hmm. work a cash job. And I'm like, yo, you're you're 20s like are you joking like this is what you want to do for <laughs> it's the crazy that's like, the mindset wrong? but i just really wanted to know because yeah. like i said a lot of the, it doesn't seem like you want to stray like these guys did mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah and most 100%. of the time i always seen they were hustling the system and cash and it's crazy of you know honestly like alhamdulillah like uh you know your heart came to islam and stuff like that but um i think at the end of the day we, we're all truth seekers mm-hmm. you know and of course i feel like uh i guess for us personally Going to Islam just follows a logical train of thought yeah, yeah. and a logical thought process. And I think if you're an intellectual or you're, um, you are a truth seeker, it kind of just, you end up coming to Islam. Well, I'm, I'm, we're not even done the story anyways. Yeah, My bad, exactly. bro. I gotta stop cutting you off. No, no, that's you okay. You get me so excited. These rumor stories <laughs> get me so good. excited. You <laughs> know what okay, mean? okay, sorry. Yeah, so your, your father's strong household will go back to that, man. Yeah, yeah. So it was literally just helped me with, you know, be grounded when I was at home. He was coming to my, you know, my volleyball games. He'd be there. Some of them, you know. But Very obviously, good. he still had to work. You know what I mean? But For sure. It was still just, you know, all of that made the difference, right? Of seeing, like, how the man helped take care of the wife, take care of the family, you know. Even if he was doing it behind the scenes, you know, not everyone's going to see, you know, someone that's walking around with an apron, mopping up the floor and everything. But he's still the one that's, you know, calling us in the morning, say, yo, come downstairs. We got to clean the house. You know what I mean? So just all of those little uh, differences. Was he big on breakfast together? No way. No way. No way. (laughs) (laughs) No way. My family, we have a we have an issue with waking up early. I tell you that. What about dinners together? Dinners? We had dinners together. Everybody sit your eyes down. We had dinners. Until we all got older, then I was like, you know, I went through a phase. I was like, you know, forget this, bro. Hey, you you're know, trying I, to go eat in your room, <laughs> huh? Okay, yeah. I'm going to make sure you ain't got no place to sit on. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah exactly. You get upstairs, you take a chainsaw, beds in half, you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Doors off the hinge every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so continue. But then, yeah, no, essentially after I moved out, started thinking, you know, about, you know, what I'm doing, you know, on this earth, how I can maximize the good I'm doing as well as, you know, reconcile with my own truth and figure out, you know, okay, what's the actual path I should be following? I started looking into Islam. Uh, The main thing for me is I actually didn't want to talk to people that were Muslim just yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I didn't want to ever have it in the back of my mind that, you know, I'm going to talk to this guy. He's going to tell me the rules and I'm going to see him next week doing the opposite. You know what I mean? Very good point. I didn't want that sort of hypocritical mindset to be, anywhere near me especially when i was just researching i wanted to get straight to you know what does the book say what is it what does the teachings tell you you know what are you supposed to be doing and then from there how can i implement that into my life so the journey of just you know starting to think about that and then i went to a mosque one week later and then i just talked to the imam he asked me literally three questions he's like you believe uh you know god's one and he's the only one worth you know uh worshiping i was like yeah he's like you believe you're not supposed to drink alcohol you know eat like pig or anything like this or fornicate. I was like, yeah, of course not. You know, that's what's causing the demise of households now that you're seeing, right? A lot of the the families are deteriorating from the inside out due to this, you know, people people's modesty as well as, you know, how they're interacting with others is causing those sort of doubts to creep into their hearts. And then they're just like, okay, I can do better. And then they don't mind breaking up the family to go, you know, try and, I don't know, do them kind of thing, right? So... Obviously, I resonate with that. I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, makes sense. 
And then he's like, okay, so you're Muslim, then you're pretty much ready. And what actually, was the third question? The third one, he just asked, are you ready? You know, like, are you ready to take on these teachings kind of thing, you know, and come into this, you know, this pathway of life? And I was like, yeah, 100%. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I told you. Literally, when I see the truth, uh, like, it's hard for me to try and. What was know, the most captivating part? Like, whenever you were looking into the religion. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of issues uh, Muslim people have is yeah, yeah. they just hammer down on the rules. If you're like the question, oh, my God, these guys drove me nuts. Yeah, yeah. I had a guy that used to work <laughs> for me, a white guy. And then he's like, yo, I want to pray with you guys. I'm like, what the? F yeah, yeah. Come on by. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So he starts praying with us. Then he starts asking me questions. And I think there was four other guys there. Okay, yeah. Bro, I was going to play whack-a-mole with these guys. Yeah. And they just started arguing. No, it's this. Uh, no, and they start yeah. coming with the rules. Where are you guys going to, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you guys going to? It start off with the beauty of it, man. Of course, yeah. Well, the, the one of the the best names of Allah is what the most merciful. Yeah. What happened? To all this, you know what I mean? Right away, the rules. You can't do this. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. But the whole no fornication. Yeah. And the pig, the swine, yeah, all yeah. that. It's that's also in the Christian scriptures. Yeah, of course. If you, you dig know? deep enough, you'll see it. You're not supposed to be doing Isn't any of crazy? this. Stuff. They say this is a Christian country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, quote unquote Christian country. Any yeah. The degeneracy yeah. is rampant. The West, the West is far from religion now, bro. The, the, the degeneracy. I remember how many times back in the days. Yeah, yeah. I look Italian, to be honest. So I never got a lot of the, hey, fuck you, Arab, go yeah, back yeah. to your country. You know, yeah, I got yeah. it sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, been, but, it's been disappointing with the evolution of religion over like the last like mm -hmm. couple decades because yeah, yeah. it's not supposed to evolutionize right it's supposed to stay the same yeah of course you know i like this one line it's like uh why is the the guy asks the shaykh and he's like uh why is the morning why is the air so fresh in the morning he's like because hypocrites aren't up at the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's fashion bro you know it's tough yeah of tough course. Right. I'd rather go run a marathon with David Goggins, bro, and try to keep up with them. Yeah. Like, I'd have a better chance than Fajr, bro. You know so it's, I mean? it's a battle, bro, but it's, it's, uh, tough for sure. it's definitely worth it. And it's a lifestyle. That's yeah, what's really yeah. different about it. Actually, I think, like, full fledged, it's different. Like, even Christianity in the East yeah. is different than Christianity in the West. Because if you look at, like, Lebanon or even Egypt, you yeah, know, yeah. like, well, Lebanon's they're, completely toast, they, <laughs> but they <laughs> practice. Yeah. They're yeah. practicing, they, they practice completely different from the West. That's what's crazy. Even different. when I went to Egypt, I just actually, until I'm bald now, I went yeah. uh, for Umrah. Alhamdulillah. How'd you so get lighter going to Egypt, bro? Huh? <laughs> like, I think he'd catch it then. Well, no, no. I was getting cooked out there. <laughs> look, at, look at the top of his head. And look yeah, at his look, face. I'm just talking shiz, my boy. Yeah. Come on. You got dirt? I got As cooked. David Goggins, the Muslim version, you know? Okay, David, I, can, I can accept that uh, one. Not the David Diabetes. Come on. He's saying that because like, my last name, like Sukari, is okay. Okay, that's what that means. So, uh, like, literally, okay. like in English, he's a sweet really? guy, bro. That's yeah, my yeah. line. He's a sweet guy. And, you know that Sukari means. You know yeah, those yeah. cheesy immigrant jokes. You know what I mean? You know why is the tea so sweet? Because I put my finger in it. Uh, okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a diabetes line, there, bro. By the way, I don't think I even got the answer to that question. What was the thing that captivated you the most when you were looking into it? Captivated. Like when you were looking into Islam, and I know I went on that little tangent. How? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, they'll look and they'll start with the rules and you don't want to talk to a guy because then you'll be like, okay, he's telling you don't drink, but he's he's at the club on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, what, what, what are you saying too, though? Like, I, I don't think, uh, I, I'm just I judging some, from what you said. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was a, like a, a captivating thing. There was like a logical thought process. Like, this makes sense. That makes sense. This yeah, makes sense. It was yeah more that's of, fine. But at the same time, you can, while you're looking into the religion, you can be like, well, there's wow factors. There's a lot of shock oh, yeah, and awe. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, obviously the first one was the Quran. You know, how it's been protected, you know, from from all the way there, 1400 years till now. You know, that was one of the main thing. I was like, 
okay, how how has this happened? You know what I mean? With so much corruption on this earth, how is this one book, the only book able to survive? Preserved. You know, be preserved this whole time, right? And then the ways that I see that, you know, they have five, six-year-olds that have memorized it front to back. Yeah. You know, mashallah. People That's that crazy, are able to pass that down to their kids. It, it's it's a miracle that you can see every day and just talking to normal people, you know what I that's mean? That's why like, it can't be corrupted, bro. Like, exactly. It's, it's yeah. memorized. You can't just throw something I wonder in if there. that's what it was, right? Because it <laughs> says that the Quran at the time being of the Prophet, it was carved in the hearts of, I think, 10,000 men or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So I remember a very interesting comparison. As yeah. I said, if you take all the Bibles in the world yeah, and yeah. throw them in the sea and you take all the Qurans, throw mm-hmm. them in the sea, and then try to recreate the Bible, they'll never agree because the Protestants and yeah, the yeah, Anglicans yeah. and this guy yeah. and all that, they're going to start, no, that's not it. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can get literally one guy to make back the Quran and then the whole time, yep, yeah, that's it. Right yeah, there. yeah. They just scan it real quick. They even know <laughs> down to, you know, the the Fetha is like, oh, yeah, yeah that's good. incredible, you know? bro. I'm trying to yeah. teach my son the alphabets and I'm like, <laughs> not even. I don't even know these things, bro. <laughs> yeah. you know, what's going yeah, yeah, on yeah, here, yeah. bro? You know, my boy David knows more than me. I don't know how to read and understand, but I can read and recite. Alhamdulillah. So that's amazing. Someone always they taught me what, once I first started. They said main thing just learn how you know what the letters mean because obviously when I looked at it, I'm like a bunch of scribbles, bro. You know, yeah, like what is, what is all this from yeah. right to left? Too, yeah, you know, like, yeah, true. And then just backwards. going like that, I'm always picking it up the wrong way. I'm like, what is this, bro? And then I flip it over and then you know start it over. But I actually like when I first actually accepted Islam, right? So like. Before, right before I accepted, like they invited me obviously to pray with them. So I was praying and then, you know, there was this feeling that, that was, I don't know how to explain it. It's sort of like an aura, you know, that was around me, an yeah, energy. Yeah, uh, okay, we'll go from there, yeah. You know, like there's an energy that was surrounding me and I was like, I was kind of freaked out. I was like, what is this? You know, like why, why am I so peaceful yet so uncomfortable with, you know, like what's happening here? You know, there was sort of some sort of transformation that was happening, I'd say. But even after I made my first sojud, I got back up, it was all gone. The other, the the second half of like, you know, the uncertainty, but the calmness took over. Right? That's crazy. So obviously I didn't know what everyone's doing, right? Like I was going down and like, you know, poking my head up, you know, seeing what's going on because <laughs> I didn't know what's happening. Shit, I feel like sometimes I do that today, bro. You just poke your head up. I'm trying to relate to my brother. <laughs> poke your head up, just see what's going on. But, uh, yeah. but then, yeah, after the parade, like uh, we got up, and it was during COVID, actually. So everyone was still distanced. But the, you know, the imam was like, are you ready? Like, he asked me, like, in front of the people. And at the time, I swear, I had, like, a ton of vision. I only saw straight to, to the imam. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. You know, like, I didn't see no people. There was no, you know, pressure or anything like that. And I was like, 100%. You no, know, I got up. I, I, I did my, my shahada. Even during COVID, all the uncles uh, surrounded me, you know. Of course. So, okay. of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was yeah. about like, to be on, like, yeah, how many hugs and kisses did you get? Exactly. They, they didn't care about COVID. The protocols went out the window. These guys <laughs> started hugging me and everything. But it was really it was really special. It was crazy. I was like, it, I've it never. It must have been a crazy feeling, though, eh? All yeah, that yeah. love. Of course. But then the even crazier, I went home and I was like, now what? You know, like I sort of felt like my whole life was upside down now, you know. So for me, I was like, okay, how do I go about you know implementing these changes right so for me the first thing like obviously like i told you once i i have the truth like i i don't hide it so much right so within a week i went straight to my my parents house knocked on the door i was like yo we gotta sit down we gotta talk <laughs> yeah i got some news <laughs> what's your dad's name uh his name is jean 
Jean, we have to have a conversation. <laughs> oh, Jean. You know what I mean? He was about to grab that gratin. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. No, don't, no, don't touch the belt. Actually... Don't touch the belt. Give me a second, John. Let me, let me, let me just holler at you real quick. But you he's know? actually, like, if you meet him, man of very few words, very calm and, and collected. He's like a do your own thing as long as it's good kind of thing. So, But he turns into an assassin when he's pissed off, eh? Sometimes. I never pissed him <laughs> off. <You know? laughs> yeah, okay, that's a whole lot of bullshit right there. <laughs> Okay, but, so talk yeah, to your parents. So I told my mom first, I was like, yo, uh, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but, you know, I'm Muslim, right? And she was like, you still believe in God, right? You know, you still, you know, believe right from wrong and all this. I was like, yeah, of course. It's just like, I feel like this way is better for me getting to, you know, the actual source and the facts of, of you know, our own creator of, of God, you know, so. And she was, she was like, that's fine. You know, that's okay. She's like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's why. That's I, incredible. What the hell? She was like, the main thing for her is especially, I don't know, you know, her internal thoughts at the time, but seeing, you know, the schools, how they were going, you know, the ways they're going now, the atheism that's going on. She just wanted me to be grounded in God, right? So for me to tell her that, you know, God is, you know, <laughs> that's the main thing. But now I found a better way for me to connect with him, right? Yeah. And a better source and better, you know, method for, you know, pursuing this. She was happy. She was like, okay, that's great. You know, like. Like, uh, I'm, I'm glad and I'm happy for you. Obviously, she was still shocked, right? Of course. And I went, I told my dad in the next room, he was lying down. I was like, yo, dad, uh, you know, I'm Muslim. And so he looks up, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, <laughs> he's like, are you happy? I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you happy? You good? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no one's making you do this? I was like, no way. I was like, you know me, I wouldn't let nobody you know, push me around like that. Oh, and come he on, was I'm like, Jean's son. You know yeah, I mean? <laughs> he's like, okay, good. And that's then he it. went back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm debating my mind. Like, does, is your dad just very like uh, open-minded, or does he just not give a fuck? He's like, all right, like it's just cool. like if you're handling your business, yeah. you know what you're doing, and you're doing the right thing. He's fine, you know. Like as long that. as he sees you straying into something, then he'll, you know, yeah, yeah. he'll speak up. He'll be like, "What are you doing?" You know, like your, your, your man's like a, yeah, your dad's yeah. like a like an eighties dad. Like he's yep. like a Batman. Right. He'll, he's in the he's in the shadows. He's yeah. waiting for you yeah, to Bruce act Wayne up. Bruce Wayne, don't yeah. play games, bro. That's, That's great. It up. seems like uh, your parents just cared about your, you know, you having a concrete moral compass, yeah, yeah. and then them being exactly. You know, That's why I say, Alhamdulillah. I've heard so many stories of reverts that you know get kicked out of their house, you know, get assaulted, get you know, all sorts of of craziness that happened to them, but. Alhamdulillah for, for my parents, you know. Yeah, and, my and, couple guys, uh, it was a very similar story. And mm-hmm. they were completely exiled. Yeah, yeah. Ex- excommunicated from the entire yeah, family. Like John Wick. Yeah. And the whole, yeah, yeah, literally the whole thing. And I'm like, that's nuts, you know. Yeah, yeah. The fathers, they started going around telling people his son died, removed him out of his will. Yeah, yeah. Allah knows how big that will was anyways. But yeah, yeah, yeah. To go yeah. ahead and do all that for a lifestyle change because you know what? You feel like it's a better fit for you. It's a little weird how, you know, we're supposed to accept everybody's views, but no one's allowed to accept ours. Crazy. It's a very, it's a very interesting. World agenda. Yeah. It's a very interesting. Dynamic. They don't realize when you push them away extra, they're just going to get deeper into the yeah, Muslim people, community. People know it's more. Very you know what I mean? It's very interesting. Yeah. And I remember I'm like the first, first time I learned about what everybody's so afraid of. This one word that's terrifying to so many people mm-hmm. is Sharia. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Everyone's so terrified of that word. Sharia oh, law. You know what's crazy? Sharia law. Oh you know my god. Crazy? You know what's crazy? They Dude, for- Sharia law. They man. forget Arabic is a language. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a word, and the word means legislation. That's yeah, all yeah. it means. Yeah. It's just, it's just like the law. Yeah, simple. <laughs> See legislation here. Everyone's like, oh yeah, government. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Wow, that's not democratic. Yeah. Oh my god. It's nuts. Sharia, you know? take that back to Pakistan. Yeah, man. exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> Where? 
Pakistan. <laughs> Take that back to Kabul. Dude, this guy is crazy. Last podcast, he was we're talking about KFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he calls it. Uh, oh, two, don't uh, even. Don't even lie. The videos are up. Don't even lie. And I'm like, I know Tuesday, you're trying to. I told oh, him, I know you're trying to trap me, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's called something different, bro. You know what I mean? I say, I know you're trying to get me to say what happening. You know, it's crazy. That's Which is crazy. very weird, bro. Because I, mean, I grew up, people... say, I grew up saying it. You know, yeah. What I, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in the hood saying it the same with everybody else. I'm an Arab of too, course, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. what does that mean to you guys? We're, we're getting killed and slaved left and right, anyways. Yeah, yeah, look yeah. at them, you know. Yeah, it's all. That's another thing. That whole word, you know, everyone's so scared of it. When you're so scared, you're giving so much power to it. You know what I mean? For sure. I just heard another video like you say that word in Africa, they don't know what you're talking about. You know, no one cares over there. No one. They haven't given it this sort of like, oh my gosh, you know, you can't be saying this word around here because, you know, you might offend, you know, this guy who's, you know, 10 yeah. minutes away, he might come over here or anything like That's that. But, but over here, everyone's tiptoeing around it so much instead of just getting down to the root, just be like, okay, this word used to mean this. You're giving it power to mean it now. Like you they changed I mean? fag from fa- from cigarette to a gay guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know if that's a good comparison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, it's the, with the word, I never made the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just changed it. Out of it. Like, I, mean, I don't speak English. Yeah. You know it's because we're, we're in such a liberal place, right? And so all these like stigmatized words. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They hold so much power over here. And You know what? Know, speaking of guys. Africans, man, I'm yeah. super impressed what just happened. Mm-hmm. Did you not hear what happened in Africa? The, the president with the, of... Uh, with, with the Russians? Burkina Faso. No, yeah. no, no. Oh. It has nothing to do with the Russians. The president of Burkina Faso, his name is Abraham. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Tror or, yeah. or something like that. Anyways, he's a younger guy. Mm-hmm. And basically now he's making it a law where there's zero exporting of uranium or gold or anything like that to France oh. and the European countries. One oh, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, it's very good for them because a yeah, lot of yeah. times, what did we, we what did we say? Africans only go back to Africa to die. Yeah, yeah. They leave the country to get educated, yeah. live. They only go back to pass away. So, so just a black man's graveyard. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So what did he say? There's like, yo, we're enough. We've made it. We've came to make a decision. It's either homeland or mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. And so anybody that's European nationals, they're going to persecute if they don't leave. They have a, a window of opportunity to leave the country yeah, you know? yeah. because they're like, we're tired of you guys. It's the richest continent in the world in terms of resources yeah, and yeah, minerals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the poorest of people. And then I remember yeah. there was a good chart. I think France's largest reserves of gold are from the mines of Mali. Oh, bro, they're snakes. France is getting paid <laughs> by everybody, bro. They have a, the yeah, mine. Yeah. If they looked yeah. at the chart... It said they have 2,600 tons of gold reserve. France was zero mines. Yeah. Mali has 860 mines, zero tons of reserve gold mm-hmm. yeah. for their own country. So then Burkina Faso, yeah. uh, Niger, yeah, and so I think many another came one. Out and said that they're, they're done with us. Yeah, course, so there's like, I think, five or six yeah. that said literally it's death, yeah, homeland yeah. or death. If you guys... If you guys try to invade our lands, you have like six African continents. Yeah, yeah. yeah that are now banding together and be like, listen, we're done from the white man's we're colonization. Done the colonizers. Yes. And the we're done Just giving it right back to them. You get the resources and give it to them. Big ups to them, man. And for what? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah. actually, man, wow. Messed up, bro. Big ups to them. You hear John F. Kennedy was saying, what is he going to do? He's going he's gonna to demolish the CIA. 
You oh, know, chop yeah. it up to a thousand pieces and yeah, scatter yeah. into the wind, and he got and killed the next boom. day. And then he's, he's gone. Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, the United States, you know, what is it? It's a warmongering place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah. How many times mean? did he want to go to war when he was president? He's like, wait, what? Like, yeah. no, I don't want to do that. And they're like, no, we have to go to war. He's like, no. It's crazy, <laughs> man. I just, I found it very interesting that, you know, a lot of beef. I'm yeah, proud yeah, of him. Finally, they're speaking up, doing something. Come on, bro. Yeah. Come on. You know, Africans are strong. They're intelligent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a warrior. Listen, you're just confused, my friend. I can't help you. This guy, this guy I, is mad, bro. I can't, I can't he do it with you. He doesn't want me to be Arab. He doesn't want me to be African. He yeah, doesn't yeah. want me to be Mediterranean. He no, wants me pick one. Bro, pick with David. Talk to this guy. Please. This, yeah, talk to me. Please. Like, here, let's talk about it. Bring an extra Look, sister. Something. This, this, guy, is us, bro. this guy hates the yeah, fact that I'm Egyptian Moroccan. This guy hates it. No, no. Because he's, like, he's like, one day you're Arab. No yeah, he's yeah. like, one day you're African. I'm like, what? And then I mentioned that we have a Mediterranean diet. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Now you're Mediterranean. <laughs> so like, enough, he's gonna no be sense. Greek, bro. You know what I mean? Oh, we he have feta got the different things going on there, bro. They gotta come out. I can't of take it anymore, bro. We have feta cheese in, uh, in Egypt. We're <laughs> gonna be Greek. Guy, you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? I'm tired, tired of this, bro. Pick one. You're African, Arab, hey, well, Greek, well, well, you're Mediterranean, a, a Roman, guy, Who are you? A non-biased third party, please. How was Egypt, by the way? I don't want to talk to this guy. Egypt, Egypt was great. Alhamdulillah. The people, and obviously, you see the food, delicious. Be honest. Was kushari even that good? It actually is, bro. Yeah, you hate her. I've what, never you don't had like it? it? You're the one that said oh, you don't like it. Oh, you never had it. Yeah, it doesn't know nothing, bro. You and can't explain it to somebody because then they, they think of all the individual pieces and yeah, then, you know, it's the, weird they're it's like, what's going on here? But Lentils just, and pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have it, bro. Don't worry about, you know, what you do. How's the barbecue? Real talk. Amazing. My favorite food? Tarb. Delicious. You don't know nothing, but don't start smiling, bro. You know, bro you're not even African, man. This guy, this guy hates me, bro. I don't hate this guy. I love this guy. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, it's tough love. Tough love, bro. What is it called? Tarb? Tarb, yeah. As well as uh, Hawarshi, I think. That's another one, an another great yeah, dish. Your wife had. is teaching you left and right, eh? Oh, of course, bro. They're it's not Haitian the, anymore. Delicious. Really, really delicious. how much bread did you have when you were in Egypt, bro? Yeah, these things, these guys have bread with water over there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always tell these people guys, this, like, even like French fries in a sandwich. No, like, this in a sandwich. That's that's I got in no, no, bro, debates. Everything is a sandwich. I got in it's debates fire. with people with this French fries in a sandwich thing. I was like, what are you doing, bro? And you know, Crispy? I don't care if it's crispy with a you pita. Just, why are you putting they in put the bread? Why are you in the sandwich? You know, they put pita bread and they put some fries in there. I know. Bro. They I'm call it a sandwich. I mean, every Ned you go to has these like I'm little like, stands. This? And it's like, what? Why? I and then the when thing, I grab, I tell them about a burrito where they put rice, you know, and the beans and stuff. They're like, like rice? Oh. They're like, why would you put rice in the thing? I'm like, what are you guys <laughs> yeah. going? I'm like, what's going on over here? Oh my God. The funniest thing even the shawarma in Egypt is a little different, bro. Like if you go like the street stands, it's literally like a bunch of beef and like, Maybe some peppers or whatever, but like in the sandwich. So if you want to do a carnivore diet, Egypt's the place. Egypt, right? we're gonna get a lot of bread, bro. There's a lot of bread. They actually will bring you a plate this this thick with a barbecue with it. Right? Listen, yeah. if I'm on vacation, why am I there to diet? Best anyway? thing in Egypt know, for me personally is whenever you go to buy meat or fish, yeah, yeah. there's a barbecue like uh, thing <laughs> attached to the meat shop or yeah, like yeah. the fish shop. So whenever you buy your fish, they'll barbecue it, mm. and then you'll take it back barbecued. Yeah, yeah. They should have that here, bro. I'd rather. They do. A butcher and then like a barbecue at the same place? They do. Yeah. Where? It's in Orleans. It's the, the place is called George's Meat Shop. Oh, I mean Shout like it should be a George's standard. Like Egypt is like oh, a standard. Yeah. Like, every, every shop it's, yeah, it's yeah. called Charcoal Boys. You okay, know what okay. I mean? They'll I'm, do your stuff yeah. there. And that's I like everything halal over there, you know? Oh, so bro, much. Can't so can't be that, easy. So, so much better just having that, you know? How was Medina? Did you go to Medina? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Medina, beautiful. You know, oh, so peaceful, you know. So much history, you know, of the Sira. You just walk around yeah. and you'll see all these little pieces uh, of stuff you'd read in the books, you know. That's great. You know, it, was, uh, it was next level. Did you visit the pyramids there. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, of course. Rode what a camel. No way. Did they finesse you the pyramids or did uh, your wife tell them? Of course, them of course. No, they finessed me. I... I remember I was going through. They have but like some. Army, bro, the worst is going through the gates. The yeah, kids yeah. are there. They have oh, some bro. like some checkpoint. You have to go through. Obviously, make sure you don't oh. have like a gat on you when you go in or anything. Because no one else does, eh? Yeah, I know. But then like the the main thing they're checking is what type of ticket you got. So there's obviously a foreigner ticket and there's, uh, you there's know, a finesse <laughs> ticket or non finesse yeah. ticket, bro. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's three times the price, right? For so sure. We just got at the time it was my wife and and her family and I. We went, so we got a couple of just the you know the national ticket, no problem. <laughs> We're going through, boom, boom, boom. We give the tickets. I go through. Some guy starts yelling something in Arabic. I'm like, yo, bro, chill out. Yo, I'm yeah. trying to go through. Habibi, Habibi. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where are you from? Zay. Where are you from? I was like, chill out, chill out, chill out. You know, and then he actually stopped me. He's like, boom. I'm like, yo, bro. I'm like, who's putting his hands on me, bro? Come on, I'm Haitian. Yeah, what's going saying, on? Bro. Yeah, I'm like, what's happening around here? These guys don't know about, you know, being politically correct uh, or nothing. Zero. What's up, bro? I'm the real, you know? But his coworkers were nice, you know? They didn't want anybody, you know, over there, they don't want anybody to have a bad time, you know? They don't want anyone causing no trouble. So they're like, you know, I'm sorry about the guy. But I did pay, like, you know, the extra for the extra ticket, but... To be honest, so you still got what, what is pay, it for no, you're us? Paying, you know? You're paying pennies, bro. Yeah, what you're is it for, for us really what over is the here? Exchange, you know? I think it's like 14 or 15 times right now. Right now, no, it's like 20 something. So it's even worse. To one, to one Canadian. Is there heavily worse. relied on tourists? Uh, uh, partially. Is. Most partially. of it, yeah. Egypt does a lot of export. Mm-hmm. Like we export, our, Egypt exports uh, agriculture to Canada. You know what I mean? Like we export a lot, you know, like even like Egyptian cotton and stuff like that. There's yeah, a lot yeah. that comes out of Egypt. But mainly tourism, obviously, the pyramids and everything. Yeah. Did you go to Zaytun? What's that? Zaytun's a neighborhood That's in Cairo. That's what's up, bro. That's it. You know He's right? talking about my neighborhood in Cairo. It's just stressed out. It's like different. Like, yeah, where go from? To his block just to I'm from Ottawa, fun. right? Yeah, like, yeah. if I ask you where I'm from, he says I'm from Ottawa. How many, how many, know how many abandoned buildings do you see in Egypt? Zero. That's another crazy one. This is my second time actually going. Bro, we talking about zero. Let him tell you like how many. Half abandoned, half built. Like, Yo, my neighborhood in Zaytun? Yeah, yeah. Bro, it's like mud buildings, bro. Like, it's just like half abandoned, half built. Some of them are like yeah, not yeah. built, but people live in no, there. No, bro. Why you gotta? You know what? See, this is how you know you're not in sales. You got packs of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you got those. Yo, you got those giant packs of dogs that are we, like doing their thing. We know those thing. ones. That's why. Bro. Mainly for me, the this was the second time I went, but the first time I went, the culture shock was crazy. You yeah. know, to be honest, I never even left Canada yeah. until until that trip, and then I went across the world to go That's to Egypt. Wild. So I was like, what's going on around here? You know, I see dogs running around the place. I'm seeing, you know, cats Bad chilling. Dog, yeah, Egypt yeah, the has like guards. Dogs, I would have sold that as the pharaoh's Bro, these guards. guys move in squads. The money yeah. 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 house is out. I've been like, this is heritage. You go to sleep, you bro. You're hearing gang wars outside with the dogs that's playing up, for bro. territory. That's, that's why they're building, they're building a new Cairo. Like, they're building yeah, yeah, yeah. a new Cairo. It's pretty nice when I drove by it. It's pretty nice. Don't call them mud houses, bro. They say they're heritage buildings, bro. Heritage buildings, yeah. You know where Egypt fucked up? They built the buildings and they built the roads. You know what I mean? So like the roads are fucked. Like there, there's no I heard things about like how that whole, you know, thing went down that was less than optimal. Oh. But, uh, yeah. As I, I have to go back, I'm not going to say nothing, you know. Uh, I'll be Where bro- would you go next anyways, destination-wise? Like just to travel? Yeah. I'm trying to go to Malaysia. Oh, you're going to have an amazing time. No, yeah. fam. I heard great stuff. Yeah. If you feel like you got a little big from Egypt, you just mm. go to Malaysia, you're going to get I'm big. trying to go to Malaysia. Bro, yeah, fried no, fish no, every morning. Bigger, they, eat, bro. they eat a lot. He's coming to the gym with us. What are you talking about? Abraham, Next time I'm bringing Abraham, the, the workout material with me there. Well, so Abraham Lincoln <laughs> went to Malaysia for like six months. Yeah. My brother. And he's usually like in uh, incredible shape. Yeah, this yeah. guy went there. 
came back like 20 pounds heavier. Of course, bro. yeah, yeah. Came back with a belly. Yeah, yeah. None of us could believe it. So I've never, is, I've never seen him look like that. I'm my never whole life. going, bro. I work this hard, they start getting rid of it, oh, bro. Yeah. I'll blow up like a balloon. You're not gonna go over there. For I look like that guy. From <laughs> yeah, the, Nemo the most yeah, yeah, yeah. Is huge. The blowfish. Like, mm -hmm. They have such amazing stuff in Malaysia. Really? Like, I've heard uh, great. I've heard a lot about it. Maybe for me is the you know the Muslim population. Oh, I, I heard it's it's amazing. Indonesia it's, is the same in terms of Muslim population, no? Indonesia? Malaysia is like hectic, bro. Yeah. Is Indonesia up there too? I think so. I think so. Yeah. We're we're giants in Malaysia, eh? Really? Like over there, they're all like five, six, five, seven. So when you're like over six foot, they're just like yeah. When you're over like six you're like foot. a mega person to That's them. You know, like they're very tiny people. You know, well, I'll tell you right now, one of the nicest places in the world, and I'm not even saying it because I'm from there, bro, is Lebanon. Anyways. Unbelievable, bro. You, did, you go, did you go to Skandaria, bro? I'll listen to this guy, bro. Did you go to Skandaria? This guy's like confused Egyptian. He thinks he's a Greek, bro. You know what I mean? Oh, Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, it it is. Yeah, 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 it's clean. I thought you said nice. Scandinavia, bro. No, I don't no, know no, why I heard that. Bro. Scandaria, bro. Yeah, yeah. Scandaria, bro. Alexandria, yeah, yeah. We went we went to the north coast, you know, chilled by the water for a couple of days. It was, yeah, it was yeah. very blessed. The, the water, bluest water you'll ever see. Oh, you guys went like north-north? Like Ismailia? Like, do you know where? Nah, Like the Swiss Canal area? Mm, all I know, they called it like 46 kilometers from Alexandria. And, but towards like the east, like up towards where like uh, Philistine is? Just say Northwest. yes, bro. Just say yes. Northwest. Northwest. Okay, sick. Just say yes. Yeah. Just some nice mountains. I, I was trying to think. I, was, I had to bring up the map in my it's head. It's different because where, where, <laughs> where you went is like, um, there's like nice, like, uh, like separate bodies of water and yeah, like yeah. mountains and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about yeah, it. It was good. very nice. It was very nice. Bro, go to Lebanon next. I'm telling you, it's it's incredible, bro. I was thinking of doing it. Maybe. Like everywhere yeah. in the world, any place in the world that you'd like to see in Europe, yeah. literally you can find a pocket in Lebanon that looks like that, bro. One of the nicest places I think in Lebanon is Jabal. It's called, um, I think it's called Biblos in English. Okay. It's called Jabal in Arabic. Yeah, yeah. No, Lebanon's uh, beautiful, bro. It's Lebanon's. unbelievable, bro. Go to Saida, you'll see the old ruins. Baalbak, yeah, yeah. you'll see as if that was like the old... Because Baalbek was used to be what? It was the old ancient god. Because remember, it was Phoenicia. Um, Any labs, don't please don't say you're Phoenician. Bro. Please. It's done. Please. <laughs> I'm, Syrian. I'm a Syrian. Bro. Come on. I'm oh my Forget God. Forget about bro. it. I'm sick and tired of this, bro. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Bro, you, don't know how, you don't know how many Arabs <laughs> you know what I mean? We actually, we'll, we'll meet Arabs. Yeah, and yeah. where are you from? And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm a Syrian. I'm Phoenician. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. You, mean, you're, you mean you're from Iraq? No, no. I don't care about the Syrian part. I'm sticking to my own people. Don't yeah. tell me you're Phoenician, bro. Brother, we're not Phoenicians. Like going to the it's going to the Swiss like the Swedes and be like, yo, are you guys Vikings? Yeah. 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 Oh, bro, what are you talking about? Go to someone who's from guys. Iran and saying you're Persian. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah I mean, the Empire, the empire is gone. Bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy's <laughs> that was a long get, time ago. This guy's yeah. get, getting killed in the comments for that one, bro. For I'll, that one? To the left. <laughs> bro. I'll go down for that one, you know? <laughs> Come on, fam. Go to the Turkish if you ask them if they're Ottomans, bro. Or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they'll tell you, yeah. For sure. You know what I mean? What do you mean? It's only been a hundred years. But the crazy part is, is if you go to Lebanon, man, yeah, first yeah. of all, they have one of the seven wonders of the world. It's called, uh, it's a grotto. It's called Mgarta Jaita. I thought it was shawarma. Huh? I thought it was shawarma. No, I thought it was one of the seven wonders? No, bro. Well, I'm confused, I see bro. the shot you're trying to take. <laughs> Stick to your cushioning, my Greek friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, He's you Greek. Listen, bro. Don't listen to this Greek hey, guy, bro. He's this guy. <laughs> bro, see? This is a Lebanese in him, bro. He always has a, look, look. The topic of the discussion was Egypt, Omel Dunya, wasn't it? That's what we were talking about. Why'd you this say Umbil Dunya? What is that? Because it's Dunya, bro. No, it's not, bro. This guy had to throw the Lebanon. The Pharaoh persecuted people, bro. bro. <laughs> Come on, fam. It doesn't have to be about Lebanon all the time. No, what do you mean? I love Egypt, Egyptians. Bro. You know what? The only thing yeah. I say... One of the reasons why I'm talking about Lebanon is because you're talking about where he's going to go next. Okay? And, yeah, no, yeah. and labs think, aren't the original. you got to stick, stick to North Africa, bro. Go to Morocco. You know what I mean? Maybe he's checking out You, know what? you got to go around the place. You know, you got to run. Go to Sierra Leone, Cape Town. Those are nice too, bro. Cape Town, bro, no, shark attacks. Um, <laughs> take up north, you know? No, no, I'm not a water I'm trying to actually go surfing, bro. 
You nuts? Why are you wearing I'm landing in air, bro. What's going on? I don't touch the water, bro. No, bro. I learned Fuck how to. That. Yo, I go. You After know, a while, I learned how to snowboard. I'm, I'm doing my, all this extra stuff. It gets bitten off by a okay. shark, <laughs> bro. Hold on, bro. I saw some kid uh, get killed in Egypt. Uh, some what? shark ate him. A shark? I think it was like the Dead Sea. Yeah, hey, listen, or, or Dead Sea or Red Sea. Sharks got to eat, bro. Sharks got to eat, too. It was actually sad. Like this guy, these guys were filming him, and this guy's like yelling. Oh, they're for filming his, him. Is that the guy yeah. that was fighting him, the Russian dude? Yeah, he was like yelling for his dad. Damn, damn. And the shark starts murking him. No and he ended up catching the shark, and he take his body out of the shark. Yeah, yeah. But this guy was like yelling for his dad while the shark. And bro, shark attacks don't happen in Egypt, That's like PTSD, ever. Bro. There's yeah. never a shark attack in Egypt. So this happening well, is this was turning super into a conspiracy rare. theory. No, it's not. Stay tuned. It's just rare. It's just very rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, there's never any shark attacks. Yeah, like yeah. nothing. None of that stuff happens. They told me that before I was chilling in the water, bro. You like the water, bro. Sometimes. Bro, I'll tell you right now. If I go to Egypt, yeah. I'm going to jump in the ocean, bro. After what he just said, I'm going to be in there like the, <laughs> the final samurai, bro. I'm going in there with a fucking sword. There's a lot of know? very yeah, clear yeah. bodies of water, yeah, especially of like around Alexandria, or even just pools of water like towards where he was saying he went, that yeah. you, you'd be trilling, you know? And the Dead Sea is You'll just see the shark before it gets water, you, right? You so like, there's not going to be like sharks in there going crazy. You know what's incredible? Speaking of the Dead Sea. Yeah. You know, they found, I don't want to say recently, I don't know, I don't remember when, but mm -hmm. I, found, I read a very interesting article that uh, I like history. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you study history, it, it rhymes a lot. Yeah, yeah. They say it repeats itself, but it's very, it, it rhymes because obviously technology and the people change, right? So yeah, it can't be exactly the same. Anyways, they found uh, remnants of the old Sodom and Gomorrah uh, city mm -hmm. in the Dead Sea. Really? You know what I mean? So That's the old crazy. Christian story or Muslim story, and I think it's in the Torah too. Yeah, yeah. The Sodom and Gomorrah city is literally in the, in the Dead Sea, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, they found, I think, uh, pillars and columns and like a civilization underneath. Because yeah. remember, nothing, nothing lives there. You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah, not supposed to be there. So um, I was very interesting, and it's crazy how we talk about the signs, and you were talking about signs, and people still don't believe. Yeah. The yeah, Pharaoh, yeah. it literally said in the book fourteen hundred <laughs> years ago. What would Muhammad know about? The Pharaoh 1400 years yeah. ago, you yeah. know what I mean? In that place where he was. Exactly. And how God was going to preserve the Pharaoh and then for the rest of the world to see, but they still won't heed the signs. And then out of nowhere, the Pharaoh comes to be. And think about it, bro. This guy was underwater for, what, 4,000 years, 3,000 years? Because yeah, he yeah. was in the time of Moses. And his, yeah. and his body's like pretty much intact. Like completely yeah, preserved yeah. water. He had in the water in the lungs, dirt. Well, yeah, they said they'll preserve it for a sign for everybody. Incredible, right? Crazy, you know what I mean? That yeah, was a yeah. very incredible phenomenon. I think that was in the eighties or something like so that. So, subhanallah, bro. You you, you you know you revert to Islam, meet your wife, you go to Egypt, gain some weight, good food, <laughs> come back. Not what do you what, what do you what do you do? Like what what do you do here? You know what's um like for work? Yeah, yeah. So actually, I have like I day trade for a living, mm -hmm. right? So I trade stocks. Uh, I also set up a company with Omar. You guys know him. He's he's had an episode here, Donny Fat Cat. Uh, that's my boy fat cat. how we met actually we met through a mutual friend at the masjid right so like i knew i knew this guy's name's abdullah he's still working with us like uh as a junior trader now but he saw the potential that it has and like i guess like the business person he knew was omar right so he's yeah. like omar i know this guy you know he could help you you know increase the bread you know and uh and and help you out in that way so we set up a meeting and like you know we met at the masjid he was like first he wanted to test it out a bit you know what i mean I wanted to see what I could do with my like my trading skills. So he gave me a little bit of money. He's like, okay, do what you got to do. He gave it to me. He went to, to Egypt, actually. Uh, and the money, the profits that he made off of that paid off for his whole trip. 
Right, so he came back. He was old. He's like, "Yo, let's do this." You know what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, this is for Omar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, treat me like a dummy when it comes to stocks and all that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm more yeah. of a tangible guy building businesses. I really don't understand much about stocks. Okay, fair. Enough. Well, you know, people ask me questions about like uh, stocks that also aren't in my realm, right? So the thing that a lot of people don't know that there's so many different types of ways to trade, invest in stocks, and you know, just interact with the market, right? So just to explain what I do, I'm a day trader, right? So what that means is I will enter a position, close my position. It could take 10 seconds. It could take up to an hour, two hours, but I'm never holding overnight, right? So a lot of people, what they're scared with the stock market is, okay, what if the company goes bankrupt? When I tell them I'm a day trader, it doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? I'm not holding it overnight. I'm not going to lose all my money from a company going bankrupt overnight, right? All of the money is taken out of my position and put back into my broker account by the end of the day. So it... It really has nothing to do with me what the future plans of a company is. You know what I mean? Pitch me like a customer too. Like but doesn't that, doesn't that affect like your day trade too? Because I know day trading is like the, the mm -hmm. most stressful and like the riskiest of all the day trade. Like all, all trading. Yeah, yeah. Here, so right? I've been doing this for I think about six years now. Yeah. Okay, going on six years. It is very stressful. It's very mentally taxing at your beginning. Yeah. Right. After you go through, they, they call it the learning curve, right? There's learning curve in everything, but it's so rigorous in trading because once you're wrong, mm. you're going to feel the financial, you know, the financial consequences for that immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're wrong, you're going to lose. And depending on how good you're able to lose is also going to dictate how much you're going to lose. Right. So do you have like a, a, a budget that you start with and then kind of like a window <laughs> that you want to hit? Yeah. So the way that it works for me, uh, I have daily goals, monthly goals, yeah. and yearly goals usually, yeah. right? So I set them up at the beginning of the year. I set them up. As things develop, I'll tweak it along the way. Mm. You know what I mean? And this year, alhamdulillah, has been a, a very good year. We've been able to like beat our goals like three months in advance, four months in advance. It's been, it's been very good, right? Especially after meeting Omar, we've been able to exponentially increase you know, our, our pool as well as how I'm able to trade and, you know, make profits off of that. But why was Omar such a key factor for them? So for him, Donny Fatka, I don't like calling him Omar. <laughs> you only I'm call him so, that? I'm just so used to Donny Fatka. That's okay. That's okay. So for him or for me and any trader that's really getting started off, the main issue is people see his capital, right? Now that I'm on the other side, I see how capital actually isn't the main factor when it comes to your trading. It's your mentality when it comes to that, Right. So a Examples. lot of people, they they think they need 10,000, they need, you know, 20,000 just to get started. Technically, you could start with as low as, I think, 2,500 or something. It's a margins game though, right? Like if you get a, like if you go up by like 2% yeah. with like $100, it's nothing compared to if you had 100K. Of course, yeah. It also depends on your account size. Yeah. But for when you're trading, the way that it works is based off of risk management, okay? Yeah. So we're trading patterns and, you know, reoccurring themes that happen in the market. Explain that. Like so, I said, treat me like a dummy. Of course. So over the year that the stock market has been around, it's just the constant buying and selling between people, right? So it's just like your average marketplace. It depends. Two groups need to come together to agreement of when they're going to buy, how much they're going to buy, how much they want to sell, how much they're going to sell for, right? Right. Because of this, there's a human factor in it, right? There's human psychology as to how a stock is going to move based on what's going on, Right. Like company mergers, acquisitions. Exactly. Everything like this. The main, you know, the most common ones are like earning reports as well as, you know, inflation now is is playing a bigger role with each 
you know, each report that comes out, inflation, uh, consumer price index, that just means how comfortable people are with spending their money, right? So these guys have all sorts of reports that they're releasing, you know, every week, and that's going to influence, you know, the market in that day and, you know, sometimes week and month. For day traders, we are looking for something that's called a stock in play, pretty much. So we need to find a stock that's trading with enough people that it's above usual. You know what I mean? So a lot of people are looking at a stock. What do you mean above usual, by the way? So each stock is different. Like if you look at a Tesla stock, they could, you know, get easily 2 million shares traded before the market opens at 930. For them, that's normal. For 98% of the other stocks, if they get 2 million shares traded, that's something crazy. You know, that's something, you know, incredible because it's telling you that people are actually interested in that stock and they're actually buying and selling the shares, right? So once you see that sort of uh, difference, you know that there's more people watching it. And like I said, because we're trading off of human psychology, we need there to be a lot of humans trading it, right? So once we find a stock that has a lot of, you know, clout, a lot of energy, action, people are looking at it. We know that for the most part, they're going to demonstrate some sort of pattern. So it's up to us as day traders to find that pattern and execute our trades based on that and get out of the trade fast. What's the time window for you to figure that part out? So it depends. Uh, it depends on the person. Some people, they, they'll start looking at stocks at 7, 7.30. Me, especially when I was in Egypt, I was looking at like 9 o'clock, you know, because now it's so much uh, down to like muscle memory. I know where I'm plotting, you know, different things on the charts, what I'm looking for. So what I mean is, you know how you said that they're, they're producing patterns yeah. based on the volatility? Mm-hmm. How long of a window do you have to figure out what that pattern I guess is? So the market's open, like eight to four, like eight, nine to five kind of thing. What is it? Because it can't be like yeah. you have twenty four hours to study what the stock no, is doing. No it's way. like you have to go in. If you're a day trader, jump. you have seconds to, to analyze this thing. Interesting. You, you know, sometimes even less. Me, I specialize in the opening, right? So nine thirty on the dot, most volatile time of the day. That's what I specialize in, and you know, understanding what, why is the price moving like this, how it's moving. And trying to catch my best setup and catch that move, right? Is there anything AI related today that helps in that? Or is it strictly just skills? So that's what's interesting skills? now, actually. Now that with the rise of AI, a lot of people are looking on how they can sort of implement that into day trading. I think it's, it's good, but it's a long way from, you know, being perfective to trade like a real trader, right? The reason I say that is because there is... And there has been things called uh, algorithmic trading that's been around for a while. Someone can make up a code and say like, okay, if the stock does this, automatically just trade it like this, right? And then they'll just leave it. And then every time it comes up, it'll do it. The only problem I see with the AI and and how we're trading is that it still has to have that human instinct, that human judge, you know? It's still a computer at the end of the day. And I know like each day it's evolving and... I don't know, you know, how smart they're going to get before someone tries to shut them down. You know, like Elon Musk is saying, like, don't let them develop so much, you know. I would be very shocked if they can come up with an AI Mm -hmm. that can completely crush that market for the fact that it would cause a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's why it's interesting because even uh, the market I trade is the New York Stock Exchange, right? Because it's the most volatile. Most people in the world are going to trade that one. But they have a lot of security features, uh, you know, in place. They right. have to. You have can't to. skyrocket the stock up without it coming down eventually. The whole state's collapsed on <laughs> exactly. that, right? So. Because they didn't have those safety uh, factors in place before, like the crash of 2008, 
people could just short the stock and go make it go to zero. Everyone could pull out their money, and then it would cause a collapse of the stock. Uh, the stock. Exchange, I always right? found shorting stocks concept is a very interesting concept. Yeah, I didn't, didn't some to it like big big trader or like some big I don't even know some big name? Did you just put like a couple billion dollars in um, shorting? Uh, the SQ, like 500 or something like that? I saw the opposite. I, th- I thought he said he was calling. You shorting it. Yeah, he was calling the stock as mm-hmm. the exchanges get a collapse or something like that. But yeah, he shorted yeah, it. Yeah, for 1.6 like, million. No one's, no one's ever shorted that. Like, for 1.6 million. That crazy, you mean? That much? That much money and like also like that um, that index. I'm pretty sure it was an index. Oh, okay. Um, Does that play into a factor? Because the way I look at it, yeah, I, yeah. you obviously correct me if I'm wrong, you know, because I want to give context <coughs> to the viewers, right? Of so, course. What I always used to think about stocks, okay, sometimes you get lucky. Like the only, I only called two stocks in my life and that was the Pokemon one. Yeah. Buy low, sell high, baby. That's because it. I'm like, I saw That's what was happening and I'm like, man, this is going to be incredible. And yeah. Apple years and years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. When Apple skyrocketed, I think it went up to like five, 600 bucks. Everybody bought for like a buck, 80, 200 <laughs> yeah. bucks. But the way I always used to view stocks is you have guys like Warren Buffett Mm-hmm. And these large, they're not even fishes, they're whales. Yeah, they're not yeah, sharks, yeah. they're whales. They're huge. Yeah. And, you know, he has, uh, I think it's called Berkshire and Pathway. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he has two different tiers one that's like 50 G's or 100 grand a share. <laughs> yeah, and one that's like, uh, but I always used to view it as I feel like all these whales control it completely. You can, you can think it's going to go one way. Mm-hmm. But in reality, these billion trillion dollar Bro, money, BlackRock, Vanguard, they have all these other leverage one hundred percent. There's no. And then I didn't understand. At that. some point, people started trading based on tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what Especially happened to when, the logic? Tesla, when Tesla started coming, that's. That's one of the well, biggest tweets, things. That tweets is news, bro. So it's it's news. No, I know, but I'm saying like at some point it was all basically pushing a news narrative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's yeah. no more logics in terms of where the so charts. Elon looking, just the candles, sends a tweet and someone just goes yeah. long based on it. Yeah, the SEC got involved. It was like, "Yo, stop tweeting shit because you're fucking up the market." Like the SEC actually got involved, and he's like, "What?" So like, I can say whatever the hell I want. It's, Which is true, but it's yeah. Ali Musk. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, Ali Musk is gonna do whatever. But yo, he wants. you're right, bro. These gargantuan whales. Trillions. Mm-hmm. These guys like they have influence on legislation, bro. So obviously they have influence on the market. They the can do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why it's everything. interesting, and that's one of the reason why I picked day trading. So why do you like it so much, day trading, compared to like well, you know when I went to Egypt, holding. I could trade. You know, and as long as you have an internet connection, and there's ways on uh, you know Amazon, you can get a portable internet thing. You just pay. Uh, you get five gigs in Africa, all of Africa, nice. wherever you go, you can have five gigs of of internet. Up to 100, you know, like you can buy whatever you want. You got, the, you you got want. the Vodafone? Uh, the USB plug-in? Uh, how how this trash is it, the no, Wi-Fi, bro? The tr- and the Greek peninsula of Egypt, bro. bro this guy's Greek. The internet, it's, just, it's overpriced, yeah, yeah, right? Like you're paying a lot for Wi-Fi, especially the portable Wi-Fi. They give you uh, like a... Mine is actually pretty good. Stick. You just search up. It's called like G-Local or something. It, it's G-local? actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. For mine and, I, was and using, I was using Vodafone when I was, I was like out there. I was more of a day trader yeah. than you two. There you go. But no, I was no, using no, that, no. that plugin. Um, Ours was a plugin, or, yeah. or mine isn't plugin. It's it's literally just like a like a blo- a brick, yeah. pretty much, and you like just like a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it's actually pretty fast. But Sick. the only problem in Egypt is all the buildings are made of concrete, bro. So mud, you gotta mud, yeah. you gotta throw that heritage. brick outside, yeah, heritage, <laughs> heritage, heritage, so you can get a good signal. But so it, continue on the stuff. So what? So what difference? So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm I'm a guy that's looking in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What what's the difference of going with you instead mm-hmm. of uh, give me another give me an example of like a big firm or something? I don't know, like the firms that you mentioned earlier with Warren Buffett. 
Anyways, like Chase <laughs> and all these other guys that have Chase like isn't a crazy friend. or whatever. I know they have. I'm I, like I said, I don't know anything. I'm just yeah, chucking yeah, a name. Of course. I'm throwing shit on the wall and see what sticks. See what's those, going those, on. Yeah. Um, those banks offer like different accounts where they, I guess, trade for you. Mm-hmm. What are they called again? Like, you can open up a TFSA and then like in the TFSA. You can Anyways, you go to a different trading one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? What separates you? So the main thing from them? Uh, when you're investing in a lot of those banks and big companies, you're investing that they'll take your money and they'll put it in ETF and they'll let it sit. Right. What's so, ETF? Uh, I don't know dick. So it's pretty much like a basket. That's that last word out. It's a, it's a basket of stocks. A mutual so, funds. Yeah, exactly. So they'll have a basket of different stocks. So like if you invest $100, let's say, your money will get divided into different parts to buy different amounts of shares of different companies. Did you catch that? What? When you're explaining the basket of stocks and he says mutual funds because I know what a mutual fund is. Yeah. I don't know what a mutual fund is. Okay, so I'm asking asking specific questions. Let me put my glasses on. This is as simple as possible. Elon Musk, there's a chip here, bro. So I'm downloading information. Bank gives you two options. Option one, investor account. You pick your stocks. You do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Option two is mutual funds. You give us us the money. We'll put you in a low risk, a medium risk, or a high risk mutual funds. Mutual funds is in... Why do I have this guy here if he's not going to explain it? This is just, I'm I'm just a regular guy explaining it. He's going to give you like the actual. Go ahead. Exactly. (laughs) So low risk, medium risk, high risk mutual funds, where they invest your money in whatever stocks they deem, and then you get a return or you lose money. So how do you know what's low risk, medium risk, high risk? They tell you. They tell you that the stocks are Yeah, so those guys, they have analysts. They'll be. Continue here. So those people, they'll have analysts that are examining what's going on. You know, they'll see like. High risk before was Tesla, you know, like Tesla would go up 20 bucks in a day, you yeah. know, go down 20 bucks in a day. Is that That's big high numbers, 20 bucks? For, yeah, yeah, of course. Jeez. So usually, depending on the price of a stock, there's normally something that's called the average true range, right? So that just means how much is it on average moving in a day, right? So it could be $1, $2, $5, but Tesla moving $20 in a day is something that's crazy. Bro, that's why he was right? telling you like capital is like a, a big thing because- a lot of these traders. I can't stare at you when you're not wearing the glasses. <laughs> a lot of these traders. I have more respect for you as soon as you put those on. Wow. I, I, I okay, go ahead, it. sir. Thank you. Thanks, and teacher. Sir, yeah, sir. Yeah. I'm listening. Because it's a margins game, a lot of these traders have huge funding where stocks go up by pennies, bro. A couple cents. Mm-hmm. But they'll, they'll trade, like they'll buy it in at like a dollar and 10 cents and they'll sell it at a dollar and 12 cents. But they'll have made. 500,000 or 300,000 because of how much capital they have in the fund. Okay, makes That's sense. That's why if you're at mm-hmm. a low number, bro, it's riskier and like you, you, there's not a lot of money to be made, but like these big, huge firms with like crazy amount of funds, two cents. So then do you mm-hmm. have, do you do low, medium, high risk as well? Is that, how does that work for you guys? Well, so if So once I, again, let's continue on, on you. Yeah. Oh, like myself trading, let's say. So for me, the way that I do it is... I know what stocks I trade best and what, you know, price range I, t- I trade best as well as, you know, what price as well as what time of the day I know best. I stick to that time, those stocks only, right? The reason I say this is because once it comes down to day trading, it's different than your long-term investing that you do with those banks, right? So he was explaining, you'll give them the money, they'll distribute it into the stocks that they, they deem necessary and they'll leave it. Right? Is there a guaranteed return on that though? Like, no, do they, do they no, say no, no. like we'll give they, you back? No, X no, amount? they'll never because they when they do that, 
they're essentially just saying, okay, let it run. There's no such thing as a, you know, guaranteed, a guaranteed return know, yeah. ever since Bernie made off and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, illegal exactly. to guarantee to return on stocks. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, so, it's like it's like going to roulette table and you're throwing it, fam. <laughs> Except the difference is like with stocks, there's a there's a lot of back history, so you can do the research, look at the news, and then throw it on the roulette table, as opposed to roulette table just spinning and you throw it. So then, if you, they were to do these, what did you call them? E, EFTs? Is that what you called them? ETFs, ETFs, yeah. Uh, what is a typical return on it? R return on investment. What's an ROI on that? Those guys would, would probably like. give you like if you're talking to like the banks and those big guys probably they'll give you like, a portfolio. They'll give you like a, some paperwork to show 2%, you two percent, five percent. Okay. I haven't seen probably more than like eight percent. They'll they'll return to you after a year or after you know however long you want to put it in, right? But the thing with those ones as well, once you you invest in those ones, you're also giving up power of you know how you're going to manage it right so if that stock is going to collapse and it's collapsing for two months you can't pull it and you know redistribute it to another stock that's going up you know you have to ride the wave and you got to deal with it right so i know some people that they invested before the pandemic right they lost all their money it went down 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 it started to recover and you know how many times it started to recover looks good and then it dumps even lower exactly. right exactly when you're invested in those sort of things you you have no power over if you're going to take it out, right? You just leave it and you lose, 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 lose. And then after, you know, like three, four years, you're just getting back to break even. That's nuts. You know what I mean? So then what do you guys do? So as day traders, the main thing is that we're picking our stocks fresh each day, right? We're injecting our, our amount of shares in. We're riding the wave that we want. Once we get to our projected target that we want, we're taking it out and, and we're done. And then the day's done. closed. Done, yeah. Interesting. If we get down, there's, there's uh, something, the main thing that has to do with day trading is called risk management, right? So what that means is the amount that I'm willing to lose will always be in relation to how much I'm aiming to gain in the day, right? So let's say I'm aiming to, or I don't want to lose more than, let's say, $100, right? I don't want to lose $100 in a day, but in the day, I'm aiming for at least $300 to gain. These are just hypothetical examples. Hypothetical, yeah. So what that is, it's called like a three-to-one risk to reward, right? So I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine with losing 100 today, 100 tomorrow, 100 the day after, because on you know Thursday, maybe I meet my goal and I've erased all of those losses. Okay. Right? So how do you stop that from going to the, like below more than $100? So there's a lot of things like the, the market's very versatile. You can set up like specific orders. Like you get in at like, say $10. If you don't want this, the price to go below nine and you to keep holding it, you could put an automatic order that at $9, get me out of there. What do they call those stop losses? That one is called the stop loss. Yeah. Stop loss? Yeah. Yeah. So you could put your stop loss at $9 and once the price gets there, it will automatically fill your orders and get you out of there. Interesting. So there are ways to do it. But when you're day trading, even when you hit your loss, this is why it's it's so interesting to me. And it's like, it's sort of like a battle each day because I could lose four battles. I just need to win one to wipe them out and be profitable. Interesting. You know what I mean? How many are you at this point in terms of traders? So Such an interesting term to yeah. say. <laughs> so in our company traders right now, we have me as the main lead trader, but we have two junior traders right now. So they're not trading any uh, real funds right now. They're practicing owning their skills because... Again, this game is such a mental game. It's not about the market being, you know, like a gambling place about the market doing this. Trading is about you and you alone, right? 
The reason I say that is because before you get into the market, you should be practicing in something that's called a simulator. What it does is just it downloads the data of what the market did before and just replays it to you. So once it replays, you can backtest your ideas. Interesting. So you can backtest a year ago, see what the market was then, backtest your ideas, see how profitable I would have been if I bought 100 shares at this time, you know, see what's going on. Before any of our traders go live and before any of my students go live, I'll, I'll get into uh, into that I like a bit. That. Yeah. Before anyone goes live, they need to have proven that one, their strategy and their playbook is profitable and it makes sense for them. Okay. So before, you know, I've heard a lot of people that would say like, oh man, I was in the simulator three months and then I went live and I just kept losing. So I'll be like, okay, produce for me your journal. Let me see what were you doing in the simulator that you're not doing now. You know, show me what, you know, types of trades you were taking in the simulator that were giving you money and show me what are you doing now that's not giving you money, you know, because there shouldn't be a stark difference if you're trading the exact same in both scenarios. Right? Like one scenario is fake money. The yeah. other one, they have attach, atta- Exa- emotional attachment. Exactly. So that emotional attachment is what makes the difference. So everybody says, yeah, yeah, I'm great in the simulator. I'm ready to go live. But nobody or the misconception is like a lot of people haven't done the mental work it takes to go live. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Interesting. So once they go live and they they see the money is on the table, you know, the but the blood pressure starts to rise. And, <laughs> you know, the sweat starts trickling down the head. Different. <laughs> Different. Exactly. It, it's tough, especially at the beginning, because, you know, people, they don't have that sort of emotional disconnect with their account balance. Right. So I say that a lot that me now I could be looking at my, you know, my profit and loss and I could be down a thousand, two thousand. Doesn't matter to me. It, like emotionally, I know like, OK, I'm keeping it at an odds game. I could lose three times. I could lose two thousand, two thousand, two thousand. Doesn't matter because on one of my trades, I can aim for 10. You know what I mean? And I'll still be up profitable. So you do you look at it in a monthly term? I look so at it. You can't look at daily, it daily. Daily and monthly. Yeah. So daily, the way it works, uh, the the example I give for all of my students is just go with a hundred dollars. Okay. Let's say in the day you're aiming for a hundred dollars profit. What you're looking to lose per trade, it should only be like twenty, twenty-five dollars. Right? So what that means is you get in a trade. It starts going either way, right? You're aiming yeah. for the 100. It gets 100, good. You know, alhamdulillah, close it out and, yeah. and get out. If you start going down, as soon as you get down to that minus 25, close your position, take it out, right? Makes sense. Because the thing with us is you're just trying to live another day and trade another day. Because, you know, as long as you can make it to another day, you can make back your losses and you can make more. But the issue that, that a lot of people have is once they're losing those ones, the emotions kick in, right? So it's always... They say the, the two emotions is fear or greed. Those are the ones that are taking over when you're trading, right? So it, it actually works backwards. Once you're up and you're winning money, that's when, you know, your, your greed kicks in. You're like, oh, I can just close it right now and I'm taking this. Even though your profit target's long away, you know what I mean? And once you're down, your fear kicks in and it actually causes you to do the opposite of what you think. People don't close their positions out early. They let it run. Right. It's, it's something that we call holding the bag. The bag's trying to drown you and you're losing, losing, losing. But you're sort of in your mind trying to be the optimist saying that, oh, you know, it's going to come back up. It's going to bounce. It's going to do this. And bro, you're this just sounds, holding it. This you know? sounds like me at Lac Lamy, bro. <laughs> it sounds like me. Like, 
and you're just gonna hold it. Bro, what are you talking about? It's like years ago. Bro. So bro. that's why it's interesting <laughs> that you bring up the gambling thing because it's all a mindset. You know, it's all a mindset of how you're approaching the trading. And I've had uh, many people that I'm teaching uh, how to trade. And once they come to me with that, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm always, I'm making money and then suddenly I've lost it and I'm down and I'm losing a lot of money. What's going on here? Right. I'll sit down with them and I'll, I'll ask them about, you know, what's your thought process to them. And if there's a dangerous thing, like most of my students are Muslims. So if they're telling me they're getting stuck in this sort of mentality, like, oh, you know, like I lost this, but like, you know, I'm hungry, I'm greedy. I want to get back up. I want to do this. Then they start slipping into the, the gambling side. You know what I mean? They're not talking about, okay, I'm going to wait for a good setup. I'm going to do this. They're just executing trades to execute trades, if you know what I mean. Makes sense. They're going in with the all or nothing mindset. You know, that gambling mindset that I'm going to throw it on the table. Whatever happens, happens. And The strategic point has to be there at all times. It has to, always. Every single trade should be documented. It should be proven in your playbook. It should be back tested before you've even tried it in the market. Yeah. Because once you start going outside of that, you know, it's such an emotional game. You start to think you know what's going on yeah. and you really don't. Like you guys said, like, you know how, you know, there's all these people that have trillions of dollars that are in the market, you know, making a move, making it do these things. As day traders, I'm not, I don't care about the 10 year projection of the company or if BlackRock is going to, you know, liquidate their positions. I don't care. What I care about is in this time that I'm trading, are they in for the long? You know, are they wanting it to go up or are they wanting it to go down? And I just need to be able to catch that move in the correct direction. And then I make my move and I'm done. I Because you're of closing out at the Finished. end of the day yeah. anyways. Get out of there. Yeah. So, so you guys hold no trades? No. Overnight? No. Never. Okay. Never. So that, that's how it goes. Uh, the reason I was saying like uh, the people that I teach and my students, another part of, of the business is I also teach people how to trade. Right? So a lot of people will come to me and ask me, you know, like I want to get into trading. I've tried it. I've lost all my money. You know, why is this? You know, and the main thing that got me to do this is because when I first started, I didn't have any community of traders. I didn't know anybody that was trading. So I was going in pretty much blind. So I know the pitfalls that people can fall into. Right. So when I'm teaching people, I sort of see myself in them as well. When I was in that journey, you know, I know, you know, what they were thinking, you know, when they were up and then they lose. Must be a big high um, when you're up, though. Eh? It is, but. For me, I guess I, I'd say like I'm more hard on myself than, than I am like praising myself. So like even days like I'll, I'll make a new record for like my high. I'll be like, yeah, it was good. I went like four for five. But why did I, you know, mess up that one trade? You know, like why did I do that? You know what I mean? So I'm more hard on myself. Good. It keeps you somewhat way. grounded, I guess, because if you get too high, you go back into that greed. or Yeah, exactly. Right? And then it's just the ego starts bro. to kick in. Train, we, we, know, <laughs> we know someone that does a little bit of that. Yeah. I mean, Muhammad does that a little bit. No. We did that a little bit. Did he do it's, day trading or I thought he just invested in stocks? Day trading, bro. Did all, he, I, was, I never, he was researching it for years. I'm a very big, I need to see it while I build it. Of course. Kind of guy, and that's yeah, the kind yeah. of business I was always into. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not easy, bro. You got to be, you got to be uh, focused the whole time. Mm -hmm. No distractions. Yeah. So yeah. then have someone bothering if you, someone's like, trying to get into day trading, what would be like your greatest advice? Hmm. <laughs> My greatest advice would be as much as people want to read all the books and, you know, watch all the videos, you also have to put in the personal work as well, right? You got to implement the discipline. You got to implement your self-control because those two are the ones that are going to completely override your mind when you're in a trade, right? It's not going to be, 
you're not going to be trading and then you're going to be thinking of the YouTube video that you watched, you know, last year of like why I'm doing this. You're going to be thinking like, oh, damn, I'm down, you know, 100 bucks or something. Why? You know, like I'm getting scared. I don't want to lose this money. But it's your discipline and your self-control that's going to sort of keep you accountable and keep you on the path that you need to be, right? A lot of people also, before they start, they don't have, you know, concrete rules as to what they're trading, how they're trading. They don't have, you know, things that they've tested in the back, you know, in the back end of things in the simulator. They don't have any real proof that what they were doing in the simulator was anything but luck. You know what I mean? So you need to have those things before you go live. And uh, when I teach my students, we have, uh, there's a whole course curriculum that I, I teach and, and we do strictly one-on-one -on -one or one-on like, if like, if you two wanted to learn, I'll put your boys together. You know what I'm saying? You guys would do the, the course together. Settings yeah, yeah, yeah. Individual. So we'll do it. And like, I'll teach you the thing. We, it's two weeks of online like classes. So like so, theory and application? Yes, exactly. So you'll go two weeks. I'm going to teach you, you know, PowerPoint style. Like this is the market. This is how we trade. This is what we do. These are the patterns. This is your homework. Like do this because the next time you're going to have to put them all together into the simulator. Makes mm -hmm. sense. Right? After, once we get into the simulator, I believe it's about a month long. I'm going to start at the beginning assessing, you know, what style of trader do the people like to be or like the student. Each individual person is completely different. So even if somebody's watching over my shoulder and they're trying to trade the same as me, they're still going to be a second slower and they're not going to be as cool, calm and collected as me because they're trading out of pocket. You know, they're not trading what's comfortable for them. So they're going to be a lot more stressed than say I would be stressed because I'm like, like I do this on the daily. You know what I mean? So having, you know, those sort of playbooks and everything in, in set in stone helps relieve some of the emotional burden but it doesn't get rid of it, right? Like that's right, the main yeah. thing. You have to be built a certain way to, to, to handle these sort of stressors and these sort of things that comes with trading. And a lot of people don't have it, right? A lot of people, uh, especially as much as I've seen it, a lot of people aren't willing to, you know, get honest with themselves. I guess that's why the fail rate you know? must be high, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. So for those same people, like once they're, they're up, they're like, oh yeah, that's me. You know, I, I knew what I was going was going on when it was happening, but you know, some most of the times they're just lucky. And when the market comes and hits them with a loss, boom, it's they self destruct from the inside. You know, it's not the market. It's not the market that was timing when you're going in and and going to you know kick you out. They were targeting you. It was you self destructing on yourself. You know, so it's, it's all it's a like, mental I, game. It's against like human nature. Yeah, bro. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's all, it's all, uh, Period application. what would you call that, bro? So what is that combination? Huh? It's combination, right? Well, that's that, is that a Drake reference? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're running out of time. Yep. You know, it was a pleasure to have you, David. Oh, it was a pleasure to be here. David. We're going to put your, we're going to put your information. Yeah. If you guys want to get in, in contact with David. Mm -hmm. David, call us, bro. Change your name to David. One of, one of our, it's funny because you're doing the opposite right now. Right? I keep so. it David, bro. Keep the it, reason David, I do is people, it, it opens up the, the door a lot. When, when people hear David Andre, on, bro, we don't like, have to assimilate. You're you don't have to be, yeah. you don't have to be, you don't have to assimilate to the yeah. white culture, bro. No, you can no. be Daoud, bro. It's okay. No, no, no. Never, never, never. I, I was born boys. David and David will stay. He's sticking right. to David. There's like, so many people that ask me like, how are you David Andre, but you're Muslim. And then just opens that's the door. So jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The door all the way. Yeah. For sure. So we ran out of time, guys. Like I said, we're going to put his information. If you guys want to get a hold of him, you'll be able to teach you whatever. 
If you guys like what you saw, mm -hmm. smash that thumbs up button, subscribe, turn on that little bell. We'll see you guys next time. Yes, sir.